1: Hey, everybody, Arch here, and it's Friday, but it's not noon.
2: We're talking a little bit early. What, what's, what's the story with that, Rich? Uh, I have to do a little bit of an interview with a gentleman from Forbes for a horse uh, for the uh, Guaranteed Tip Sheets today. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the, thing, the same things we're going to cover today. The Traverse Stakes, the Ballerina Stakes, and on Sunday, the Ellis Park Stakes at Ellis Park. So I, I guess they ran out of names for races down there in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it.
1: So I, I get the I get the uh, I have to reschedule. Forbes gets to call their shot. I have to reschedule. I see how it is, Rich.
2: Well, you know, soon it's going to be the other way around. It's going to be absolute degeneracy, and then you know we're we're going to have the folks from ESPN and Fox Sports and everywhere else calling us because we're going to be calling the shots. We're going to be the bosses. We're right. going to be the ballers, baby.
1: That's it. That's exactly right. Oh, what the way Disney's going right now, hemorrhaging cash. We might oh, yeah. be able to hire some ESPN people. <laughs> Do we want to? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a question in and of itself.
2: I think we should make them pay us to get the hell out of there. Exactly. Right. You know, when the ship is sinking, we won't throw them a life raft. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. What are, what are we looking at today, horse-wise? So this is a a big weekend for horse racing with a lot of implications for the uh, Kentucky Derby, which is one month from Saturday, that strange and winding road. Um, What a long, strange trip it's been, to quote Jerry Garcia. Um, He's going to end in a month at Churchill Downs, and there's only three races left for horses to qualify, two of them this week, which we'll be covering uh, you have the Traverse Stakes on Saturday, tomorrow at Saratoga, and then on Sunday at Ellis Park, the Ellis Park Derby. Okay. Um, so those are going to be two of the last three opportunities. Next Sun, next Saturday at Monmouth Park, at the Pegasus Stakes is the last chance for horses to uh, find their way into the Running of the Roses. And so there's a lot of consequences, a lot of a uh, lot of money at stake. A lot of uh, fame at stake, a lot of fortune at stake, and a bit at the in the Derby. So, and there's also at the Ballerina Stakes, race seven. It's a win, and you're in for the Breeders' Cup. So it's part of their Breeders' Cup Challenge Series, mm. and that's a you know a big set of races that are going to take place also in, in Kentucky at Keeneland Park in Lexington on Saturday, November seventh. So, it's going to be an action-packed you know whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, football, horse racing, um, boxing is about to come back online pretty aggressively. So the next few months should be loaded <laughs> yeah. with opportunities for people to make money. And I guess from what I read, the you know the horse racing handles are up a lot. Oh, really? So, yeah, people are people are putting their money in play. That's because they're getting all of their information right here.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, they're just we're, you're just printing
2: money. Printing money, baby. Yes, I I am uh, the federal government. I am the federal reserve. I I get to just print money and nobody knows what the hell I'm doing. All right, moving on. (laughs) So we're going to start at Saratoga in Saratoga Springs, New York. I understand it's a beautiful place, uh, a, a hot vacation spot for the who's who, but not this year, obviously, because of 2020. And all the craziness that a, a year full of full moons brings. Yeah. So we're going to start in the Ballerina Stakes. That's the winning you're in uh, for the Breeders' Cup. The winner gets to run for $1 million in the Philly and Mare Sprint at Keeneland on uh, November 7th. So not all that far away. It's it's sevens wild because we got seven horses in the seventh race running seven furlongs. So it's we're pulling that slot machine arm. It sounded like I like that, man. Yeah. Let's- yeah. So, the favorite in this race is Bellafina. So, Bellafina running in the ballerina. That's, uh, there's a lot going on here. I think there's an opportunity. I think she's probably uh, the horse to beat. Uh, and this particular distance favors patient rides. So, it doesn't really have, um, Speed bias, a lot of tracks kind of do. And so far uh, at the track, 100% of the races, of the 11 races at the distance and surface, were won, were won by horses that leave from stall three, four, five, six, or seven. Oh. So there is, seems to be a post position advantage as well. So Belafine is the favorite at nine to five, but I have my eye on somebody else. Mm hmm. On another woman, because this is for fillies and mares. My eyes are for Come Dancing, the seven horse, at three to one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's the most outward post. And the farther you get away from the rail, the higher the winning percentages go. Oh. So that's a, a pretty positive thing. Now, Come Dancing has run at Saratoga three times and has a pair of wins. And both of them... We're at seven furlongs. So the two times she's ran at Saratoga, seven furlongs, she's found the, the winner's circle. So I, she, might get a, she might get herself a, another photo session. and offers a little bit more value at three to one than Bella Fina does. She'll be making her second start off, to, off, uh, off of a uh, short vacation that she had, and, um, sitting on the sidelines, getting healthy after a really bad race at Oakland Park, came back to finish second as the favorite, in her last race at Belmont. So I expect uh, her history says she can make a significant move forward in performance in round two off the bench. So we're going to put her on top of our tickets with Ballerina, in the Ballerina with Bellafina coming in second for us. And then we have a couple of other horses that looked good at one point but have some holes in their game lately. And that starts with the horse on the rail. And again, the rail hasn't won. So Serengeti Express is the empress, I'm sorry, is the second favorite at five to two. But she's been really kind of bad the last couple races. Um, she, she's finished fourth by 10, hmm. 11th by 12, and kind of faded late. And her form seems to be regressing. But if she's going to get it together, this will be her second start after a short layoff. Her history says she makes, uh, she can make a significant improvement in race two. Uh, Ten races ago, she came off the bench, and she finished seventh by 50 lengths. Didn't even try. Stopped, bled, so she gave her some Lasix to stop the bleeding. In the next race, she came out and won and had a significant, I mean, just a major jump. She has the back class. If she runs to her form... She'll be a threat. She tends to like to lead races, which is not the winning style um, typically at Saratoga. It favors horses typically that run maybe third or second, fourth coming out of the turn right after the gates. So it's more of a a track that favors mid-pack runners than front-pack runners. So I don't think she has the right running style. I don't think she's in the right form. But she has the the back class and the kind of back class that you can't overlook. So you have to have her in your exactas and your trifectas just in case. But I don't think she's going to get the better of Come Dancing or Bellafina. And Victim of Love is the fourth horse that I have. Uh, she just beat Come Dancing in their first race with the highest last race speed figure. Mm-hmm. And she does tend to perform well in bunches, so she's also a second start off the the, the break horse. But she just hasn't run at the same level as Bellafina or Come Dancing. I think Come Dancing flips the script on her this time, but you're still getting very good odds for the last uh, for the horse that popped the last race speed figure at fifteen to one. So it's a good long shot. And I know we've talked about this before, but for those who are new to the podcast, the last the highest last race speed figure is about the same as the favorite. They win at about 30%. So you're getting 30% winners at 15 to one odds. It's something that you cannot overlook. It just doesn't make sense. So to fill out our alternative picks, we have pinks, pink sands. And she's in one that comes off the pace and should benefit if the, the front horses run real fast and real hard, which could be the case today are on saturday and we also have let ruska who's won nine of ten with third on a fast track there is a forecast for maybe 40 percent rain but the thing is when she runs really well she tends to get loose up front by herself and then like fades into the winner's circle so like everybody's closing ground but she has a big enough lead to just kind of get there before everybody else mm, yeah yeah, she's not gonna have that luxury today because there are a lot of other horses in this field that are have run it against better caliber, have a history of getting to the front. So I think she'll get to the front out of the gates, but she's gonna be pressured and if her history holds, or as Mark Twain says rhymes, she'll she'll fade at the end. But she could still be far enough in front of some of the closers to capture some of that third place money for a trifecta maybe the fourth place money for a superfecta. So that's kind of what I expect there. And for my exact betting, I'm just going to go with four, seven. So Bellafina and come dancing on top of the ticket with all of my underneath horses. So the, <clears throat> with the one, three and six, not even going to bother with Latruska. You can put her in there if you want. I just think she's going to fade hard because of the kind of history she has, if somebody scratches, you can replace, let Ruska in there. Yeah. You know, someone gets pulled out of the race, but I, I, you know, her history is not one that says that she's going to be able to sustain, um, her pace up front against a, a more robust field. Okay. Okay. Even though she's five to one. So I think she's like the third or fourth favorite, but yeah. I, 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 my tinfoil handicapping hat says fade the fader. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now uh, we're going to move forward to the uh, other consequential race at Saratoga this Saturday, and that's the Traverse Stakes. And this is a uh, a Kentucky Derby qualifying race, as we mentioned up top. The winner gets 100 points. And so for a couple of horses, for, for, for half of the field at least, it's a win or go home race. Mm. But for a few, like, uh, well, the, the favorite Tis the law, isn't uh, He's already locked in number one in terms of points already, so there's no doubt he'll be in the Kentucky Derby. Uncle Chuck is a horse that's gonna need some points to get in. Mm-hmm. That's the second favorite of five to two. You no, know, this three.
1: is if, if, if this is race 11, everybody.
2: Yeah, race 11. I'm yeah. sorry, no, I'm no, it's cool. cool. just want to make sure everybody a lot, a lot of podcasting already My brain is fried. Yeah, yeah I feel you. I'm sure you really feel this. <laughs> you know, you're you're going from baseball, hockey, basketball, UFC, horse racing. What's yeah. next?
1: Well, with UFC and horse racing, I just have to show up. I just have mm-hmm. to show up. I look at the numbers and I say, James, you're wrong, and then James proves me
2: to be an idiot. So, and then we have to add in uh, what's that game called with the where they're tossing the beanbags? bags, cornhole. Cornhole. We have to add in a cornhole show. Yeah, we, we'll we have to. We'll, we'll be cornholing each other. <laughs> cornhole and <the> yeah. <laughs> From back in the Beavis and Butthead, for all you folks that don't understand that reference. so Yeah, anyway, so the Travers race number 11. Um, <clears throat> so the history of the Travers is an interesting one, at least in the last 10 years. Tis the law is a one-to-one, yeah. even money favorite. And He's not going to go off at one to one. He'll probably be four to five, three to five. He's going to attract all the money. But I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing uh, for the Belmont Stakes winner because the favorite has only won this race twice in the last 10 years. Mm. And in one of those, it really wasn't even a real win. It was a dead heat with a long shot. So they had to share the winner's circle. So it's been seven years since one and a half favorites have won. Um, The Travers Stakes. So the average winner um, pays $18 and odds of roughly eight to one. So we're going to try to keep the Travers curse alive and we're going to respect it. And even the mighty American Pharaoh, it was a name that probably even casual horse racing people remember mm-hmm. as the uh, Triple Crown winner uh, a few years back, didn't win this race. For wow. the second. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, they call Saratoga the graveyard of champions. I, I, I guess it's uh, for a reason. So the horse we have our eye on, the one I've pinpointed as the, as the upset candidate, uh, is number two, Country Grammar. And this is a horse that's making its third start off a break. It's a classic layoff um, angle. In the horse, uh, the trainer, Chad Brown, who's, a, you know, the Saratoga – year after year, the leading money winner in New York, wins that bangle at 20%. Country Grammar won uh, his last race, and uh, that super trainer Brown follows up a W with another W, goes back-to-back at 29%. Wow. But here's the piece of information I found really kind of digging through the past performances. This is going to be the third time that Brown teams up with jockey uh, Irad Ortiz, who's the top jockey in New York, or at least one of them, top two or three. On this particular horse. This horse has run five times with two wins. Guess who the combination was on the, uh, on the, two, on the two victories? What was that? Uh, Brown and I Ride Ortiz. So oh, this is there the third time. Third time will be the charm. And it seems too like this is going to be a race that's a mile and a quarter. It's the first time any of these horses are going to run that far. And Country Grammar looks like he, he's the longer the race, the better he is. Because apparently the, the chick horses dig the long runners. <laughs> yeah. That's a baseball reference, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the, uh, so I expect that Country Grammar, six to one odds. I don't know if they'll go up or down. I think that's probably about fair. Um, but if there's a horse that's going to like the added distance, if there's a horse that has the connections to continue the uh, curse, I have my money on Country Grammar. Then I have tis the Law coming second. Although the favorites have, you know, a lot of times they run out of the money in this race. So I, I, if uh, he follows history, that means there'll be a huge payday because if you have a three to five favorite or a four to five favorite that misses the board, doesn't finish first, second, or third, it completely bumps all of the uh, payouts. Oh yeah, I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. Just cuts the number of winning tickets in the mutual pool dramatically because everybody will have them on their tickets. Uncle Chuck is the three horse, he's my third pick. This is he this horse, you know, is late to the Kentucky Derby qualifying. and just started running on June 12th. If this had been a normal year, Uncle Chuck would not be a candidate for the Kentucky Derby. He his first race would have come after the Triple Crown series is uh, probably almost over. But it's he's right now 20 22nd in Kentucky Derby points and the outside looking in, so this is an all-or-nothing race for Uncle Chuck. He's got to find his way into the money. He's got to finish, I think, no worse than third. Fourth might be enough to get him over the edge, but that depends on how these other races play out um, uh, on Sunday and next Saturday. Mm-hmm. If he finishes second or wins, he's a lock to get in. Uh, he is going to get to the front. He's he's run twice, but against short fields, he's only faced a total of nine horses. Uh, no, excuse me. He's only faced a total of eight horses in um, seven horses. Ah, I forget. My math sucks today. He's in two races. He's faced less horses than a lot of horses face in one. We'll go with that. Gotcha. Yeah. But he's been training really well. He looks good. He looks good. And that's a pretty good sign that the horse is really sharp. Um, He's only run twice. So we don't know his ceiling. He could be the best horse in the field, and we just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. My only concern is he likes to be towards the front of the pack, and Saratoga can be um, unkind to front runners at times. If he can get loose on the lead, um, he might be able to go ahead, and in both races he's pulled away late, but in a field of four, so you only have to beat three horses. If the other three are really bad, you're going to run away from them anyway. In his debut, he only ran against five horses and he ran away from those two. So, and that was at a mile. I think he should be able to handle the mile and a quarter. He'll be the horse on the front and the one that everybody's got to pass. And in, if he does have a lot of upside to him, you know, I do think he can pull the upset off as well. And then my fourth pick is Max Player. So, Mad Max in the morning should probably put some money on that one. Right? There you go. Yeah, he should. Uh-huh, that's his horse. So he, he ran against tis the Law in the Belmont Stakes the last time out, finished third, five-and-a-quarter lengths behind, so well beaten. Um, but he got off to a really bad start, started ninth of ten, ten lengths behind the field, just basically spotted a, a field of good horses, ten lengths, and said, okay, I'm going to try to run you down. Uh, the Trainer Linda Rice says he's going to be a little bit more aggressive with um, – the placement. So she's going to ask jockey Joel Rosario to keep him much closer to the front than he's been in uh, some of his races. And that could be a blessing or a curse. If she, if Rosario doesn't use too much of max player, he does have some of the strongest late pace figures. So you know, they break up the race into quarters and then they show how the horse ran in, in each one of those uh, quarters of the race. And on the late pace figures, uh, he has some of the strongest ones. So if he's close, that means he's going to still have a lot of energy in his legs late. And if he comes out of the turn and he's up on the leaders, you know, I think he does have the the oomph, the giddy up to go get it done. So cool. those are the four horses that I'm, I'm really focused on. Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to go outside of the, those four horses. My exacta is a two, three, six box. So I'm doing country grammar, tis the law and uncle Chuck. You can add in Max Player if you'd like, um, and then on the trifecta, I, I'm going two three six those same three horses to win, but i and come in second. But I'm also you know, I'm going two three four six seven. So I'm adding in uh, Caracaro on the and the back end of the uh, trifecta.
1: Should we make a ticket just just for shits and giggles? Where tis the law doesn't place
2: or win place show? Just keep him off. Yeah, you can. I think the Xacta box might be a good place to do that because you don't have to spend a lot of money. So yeah. if you were to go uh, country grammar with Uncle Chuck and Max Player at one dollar exacta box with three horses is yeah. six bucks. Right. It just seems so, like what you were saying. If, if if
1: if for some reason he doesn't, you know, come in the money. We could really, really get paid, right?
2: Yeah, so, you, yeah. I think if you, if he didn't come in the money, I would, uh, I would definitely think that that would be the case. Okay, cool. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's possible. It's a lottery like ticket. Said, this race has been really unkind. The Travers has really been unkind to favorites. Yeah, I think two favorites in the last seven years finished, you know, in the top three. Oh. that's it. So, so yeah. it's been really tough on them. We should we should take a flyer on that. Just make a lottery ticket without tizzle Law. Yeah, yeah, only you won't be a millionaire afterwards, but you at least have enough to go to McDonald's nowadays. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. It used to be you go to McDonald's because you only wanted to spend like 15 bucks for four, three or four people. Now it's like, you know, 30, 40 bucks. It's like a normal restaurant. Oh, they're pretending like they're a normal restaurant, too, now. Yeah, probably. They're, they're normal, minus the pink slime. But yeah, hey, what the hell? I still like the pink slime now and <laughs> Yeah, who doesn't? I've always yeah. been a Burger King fan. Fuck McDonald's, Rich. You know, I like the Burger King hamburgers, but I prefer the McDonald's fries. So I'm like the normal American, right? And when they do surveys, that's what they say. Yeah. We yeah. got a lot of good hamburger joints around here in Chicago. So I, 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 I only go there if I have really no other option. Right. You're a, more you of know. a hot dog man with your pickles on it. Nah, uh, I don't, I, no, they, you can't. In Chicago, yeah, they get the funny. You don't ever, if you're ever in Chicago, don't ever order ketchup on your hot dog. Some places might actually throw it at you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we've talked. I've talked about that previously. It's a crazy, crazy (laughs) time in a lot of different ways. So now we're going to skip forward today. We're going to jump into the uh, time travel machine and move over to Ellis Park on Sunday. Sunday. Yes. It's the Ellis Park Derby at Ellis Park. Some original naming. And this is another race where the Kentucky Derby. Uh, eligible horses. It doesn't offer as many points as the Travers Stake. It's it's half of the points available. So for a lot of horses, this is in this particular field. Some of them are just trying to clean up a few points in that field mm-hmm. um, and, and you know get over the finish line. But there's a really heavy favorite in this field, and that's number four. It's Art Collector at four to five. And if you're just looking at the
1: car, it's race number ten. That race number 10. Yeah. I have to remember to do that all the time. That's fine.
2: Um, yeah. It's the 10th race. The last race, I think of the day at Ellis park. Yeah. And so it's the night cap. I don't think anybody's going to beat art collector. It's dropping in class coming off of the last, the highest race, last um, speed figure, which is a, a very effective betting angle. He's won four straight races and none of them have been close this horse is getting better race by race by race and could be an actual contender one month from now in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I, I don't see anybody beating them. So Peace. what we have to do is look for quality or uh, opportunity behind Art Collector. So when I look at the bias at the tracks is one of the things I like to do is Know, who has an advantage in, in is it the speed horses that have the advantage at the distance? Is it the closing horses, post positions? We we find at Ellis Park, which is kind of unusual, is that it's an u- unusual combination. It's not unusual in that speed wins at a lot of races. It's modern horse racing. Horses get to the front. It's kind of like baseball, you know, home run, strike out walk horse racing now is dominated by speed horse speed horses getting to the front and try to stay there and win so, there's no small ball going on in, in horse racing no they're not doing you know they're not bunting the, the runner over the second <laughs> you know old no old national league stuff no and no you know no 60 game season stuff for who the hell knows what's going yeah. on but what is kind of odd about ellis park is usually speed is an inside thing like the the more closer to you are to the rail, the more speed can be a, a, a benefit. While at Ellis Park, it's the opposite. Outside speed seems to have the advantage. Mm. So if there's a horse that I like on the outside that has speed, so I think it's going to get to the lead, it's Dean Martini. I love nine. it. Yeah. Have a drink on me. little ACDC reference. Hopefully we won't be saying that's a kick in the head. Is that Dean Martin or was that Frank? I don't know. That's a little bit before my time. Oh, oh, Mr. Music Guy. You know my my. You know, a quick side note, which we have a lot often in these shows. <laughs> I used to sit in the car with my grandfather. God bless his soul. You know, my my mentor, and he would sit in the car with me and just listen to like all these crooners and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would listening to Van Halen and you know the nineteen eighties and nineties music, Nirvana. You know, that's crap. But he would sit there and listen to Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and just sing along. And, you know, this I just found to be hilarious because my grandfather, he he came over here from Germany after World War II. To hear this old man singing Frank Sinatra in a hard German accent is just, you know, it's a Saturday night live (laughs) skit material. But it was really heartwarming and fun. So I, I am familiar with the music. I just can't put the names to it. He's not wrong. Nirvana is still one of the most
1: overrated bands maybe in the history of music and don't tell it to my son you might not live
2: yeah <laughs> suck it sucked yeah well i mean what's his name um he's made a big career out of that band right the Foo fighters guy Dave fighters. Grohl Dave Grohl yeah big career yeah yeah mm-hmm. i like Foo fighters music no he anyway- was, he was the talented one in the group he, he was in another band before that, too, that, was, that made it. So I forget the name of the band, too. But he, he, yeah, he's, wherever he's gone, he's got the Midas touch. Yeah, no doubt. They've been successful, even though I can't remember the name of the other band, it was probably, which is not unusual for me. Too it was probably Porky's. That was probably it. It was probably was Porky's. And you should listen to all the other podcasts so that you can understand these internal jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dean Martin is going to be on the outside. I think the, the horse is going to get to the lead. His speed figures say that if he can improve just a little bit, he'll have a shot. I mean, and this is a horse that's come a long way. Just three races ago, you could have claimed him like somebody did at um, Churchill Downs in the Maiden claiming race for $50,000. And now they have the horse running in uh, a. So, how much is the pool for this one? $200,000. So, if Mm -hmm. he wins, He's going to get 60% of that. So that $50,000 horse could become $120,000 horse uh, with the right run on Saturday, on Sunday. And if wins can be in the Kentucky Derby, which would just be a crazy um, route to the Kentucky Derby. Man, we need to start buying horses. Yeah, there's a lot of people who play that claiming game too. Like if they, yeah, they yeah. can spot a horse that's in good form, they'll buy the horse for like a claiming 10,000, bump them up to claiming 25,000. And it pays for the horse right off the get go if it wins. But you have to have a really good eye for that. It's an actual real biz, Like it's a side business in sort of uh, in, in the horse racing world where they're these people play the claiming game. Flipping, flipping and, horses. And it's a different way, I guess, of betting on the horses. You're actually betting on the horse. Yeah, no, that's... Instead of the race.
1: You talk to Chris about loosening up those purse strings so you can start buying horses. Mm-hmm.
2: I'd like to do that. I'm, that's that's uh, one of the the uh, bucket list things along with the UFC fight. But. <laughs> Maybe you can combine it. You could fight the horse in the octagon. Just. I would go do that kangaroo stuff. Just take it to Australia. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, a two legged horse.
1: Yeah. And you're making fun of me for not keeping my references current. Kangaroo.
2: So, anyway, well, I can fight with a rope like the bear. Yeah. That would be, that's not, you always lose that one. So, the other horse that we like is Shared Sense, the 12 horse. Mm-hmm. And it's a horse that won um, last time out and ran one of the better speed figures. Brad Cox is uh, the trainer, and we've talked about him many, many, many times. The horse has been on a fast surface five times, won two of them, finished second um, twice, so he's done well on a fast surface. Ran against Art Collector two races ago and finished sixth, but by six and a half lengths. Uh, But he was the second-best horse in that race, Uh, and and I think he could be the second-best horse in this race. But he's going to have the inside speed to him. He's going to be closing at a track where he's typically running third or fourth, but his outside position could put him in a spot where he's a little bit deeper back than he wants to be, which could make the um, you know the path to the winner's circle a lot more difficult for him. But if he improves uh, as he's been on the upswing, it takes another step forward after winning the Indiana Derby. He's one of two horses, I think, along with Dean Martini, that could possibly pull off the upset. I don't think really any of the other horses have a chance. The next horse I have on my list is the two horse, and uh, we've gone over his name before, Anu Dior. Yeah. Uh, And he finished um, fourth last time out against Honor AP, who's one of the favorites authentic um, who just came back and won an impressive race uh, like a week or so ago. So it was a good field. And so finishing fourth against that good field, the best um, is not a bad place to be. Mm -hmm. This horse is in there to collect a few more points because right now he's in the Kentucky Derby. He'll need, I think a third or fourth place finish to find his way into uh, the first Saturday in September for sure. I'm kind of surprised he's 12 to 1 because he does have, I, I think class wise, probably the second best horse in the field behind Art Collector. So, you know, talking with you and Max in the mornings along with um, Sex Panther, you guys are making me really feel, you know, paranoid about suckers bets. So at 12 <laughs> to 1, he looks like a sucker's bet. But Why? I, I, yeah,
1: but he scratched I, twice. Do we read anything into that? The two scratches—does that mean anything?
2: Nah, they're probably just targeting another racer. It could, you know, it could have a minor injury. Mm. Um, but I think they're probably were just looking for a spot where they can get points to make sure they're in the Kentucky Derby. And this year is probably a lot different than most Kentucky Derbies. So I do think they plan on le- letting some fans in the stands as of now. Oh wow! Um, but the Midwest right now, Kentucky and a couple of other of these states—Tennessee, Nebraska—it seems like the. Um, the coronavirus is kind of sweeping up from the Sun Belt into the Midwest, mm-hmm. so who knows where they're going to be in November? But I mean, in in a month. But right now, they're planning on having fans in the stands. So, you know, I think for a lot of trainers, getting to run in the derbies, you know, absolutely for a lot of trainers, it's a life goal. Yeah, um, but I also think that you know, it is an event. It's the Super Bowl, or, or like the Super Bowl of horse racing. So just being there under normal circumstances is a reason to be there. So if you're looking for a spot for a horse that's, you know, on the, on the edge of getting into the race, you're going to try to find a place where you think you can lock in some points for sure and go so you can run in the Derby, have that experience, but also be just a part of that, you know, of, of that event, a hundred thousand people there, wearing hats and drinking mint juleps and getting hammered and betting on horses. It's got to be a lot of fun. I haven't been there yet, but uh, it's. I'll be there within the next year or two. Oh wow! Okay, called your shot. Mm-hmm. No, I'm definitely going to go. Um, once we get up with guaranteed tip sheet a little bit more media with television, well not television, but video and stuff like that. And I'm going to go there and, and and do some live stuff on the scene. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it'll be fun. And then we should do that with absolute degeneracy. We should you know, go to Super Bowls, NBA championships, all on the house. We should. We should.
1: I don't know that they, they're still warming up to the idea of a purely betting uh, podcast yet. Well, we can throw some news in there to trick them. <laughs> yeah. We'll just drop you, your name, the Forbes superstar.
2: Yes, me, the Forbes superstar. Yeah, that's me. Uh, I, I, I've been quoted in Forbes the last two weeks, man. I sent my mom a text. I feel like panic at the disco. Look, mom, I made it. There you go. There you go. Wow. And then filling out the, uh, our picks number five Necker Island, another horse that should be close to the front stumbled at the start last time out, which is never a good way to start a race that happened to us last week with Tom's Tot. just stumbled and never had a chance uh, afterwards. And you know, that's unfortunately part of the game. Uh, horses take a bad start, get stuck in the gate, bump into another. Uh, you, you have to factor these things in, um, in, in your money management system. Uh, but he stumbled last time out. He's run against some really good horses. It hasn't really beat any of them, but he's not really been that far behind. It was just claimed a race ago um, by Chris Hartman, he's a trainer I'm not familiar with. Um, but looking at his numbers – Horses tend to do really well with him the second race after a claim. So we were talking about that claiming game. He must have identified something in Necker Island that he thinks he can improve upon. And in a first race with trainer Chris Hartman, Necker Island did run his best race um, by a decent margin. So if he improves in the second race, which is a 28% um, winning angle for the trainer, he'll definitely uh, can be a part of the mix as well. And then the last horse is Rowdy Yates. He's an outside speed horse, but he tends to fade. Uh, Lost to Dean Martini last time out by uh, a pretty wide margin, finished fourth, almost six lengths behind, which is, you know, more than a full second. And in horse racing, a second is a a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, but he's got that outside speed and it kind of holds up at that track. So, you know, sometimes a horse that might not be the best horse is a good fit. And then you have to fit, you know, the, the, the square peg into the square hole. And that's where Rowdy Yates fits. In terms of betting, I don't really see anybody beating Art Collector. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Art Collector on top of my Xacta. And then I'm going to throw in behind them the 2, 5, the 9, and the 12. So Dean Martini, Shared Sense, and New Dior, and Necker Island. At the same time, I'm going to flip that around and put those four horses on top of Art Collector, just in case, you know, like Tom's to Tot, he breaks to his knees and finishes second. It'll give you a, a nice backdoor exacto. And then I'm going to take the same approach with the trifecta. I'm going to put the uh, Art Collector on top of my next four horses. So that's the two, five, nine, and 12 over the two, five, nine, and 12. And then put art collector in a second place spot just in case you know you get the odd race where there's an excuse and the horse just doesn't fire Mm. okay and then uh, there's only one race left to the kentucky derby so the field will uh take shape We'll have 100% next Saturday, know which horses are in and which horses are out, minus any horse getting injured between here and there. Yeah. And we can start you know, laying the groundwork for hitting a, some nice tickets on Derby Day. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. And we going to get paid, right? Big time. Well, this weekend, <laughs> you know, in the Ellis Park Derby, maybe not. Yeah. If um, Tis the Law... Is the uh, is the law in the Travers? It, it could make for a, a low, a priced ticket, but you know, I, I'm I got my fingers crossed that the that the uh, favorites will continue to struggle there and we'll get paid on that one. And in the ballerina, uh, you know, it's I, I think we have a chance to pull out a moderate ticket. So probably not a lot of big winnings today. Mm-hmm. We'll leave that to our golf teams. Come Sunday, we'll cash in the million there, but. Um, I do think there's an opportunity to turn profits because of these, I think these races are highly um, predictable. Cool. I like it, man. There you, there you go.
1: Wow. That was a quick one for us. Only 40 minutes.
2: Yeah. Damn. And
1: only one sport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, Rich, anything else we need to, obviously you're, you're posting your picks and thoughts over a guaranteed tip sheet.
2: Right, you can find us over there. We're gonna have a nice conversation today with Fairway J from Forbes. Mm. So I'll post I'll put up that um podcast shortly. You know, I'll try to throw a plug in for absolute degeneracy too. Yeah, we'll see Yeah, we'll <laughs> and, see if we get uh, that in. Yeah. See we we can get mentioned in Forbes too. What's and a, then uh, remind everybody real quick, what is the name of your podcast again? It's the player's edge. Okay. All right. You probably have to search long and wide to find it right now because we're still growing, but um, it is growing. There's usually some good information in there. I try to have good fun with my guests, keep it fun, keep it light, and there should be a lot of winning races this weekend. Again, we've been you know we've been hitting a lot of guaranteed chip sheet in terms of uh, consistently picking winners. I had on uh, on the fifth. So a couple of days, two days ago, at Ajax Downs, I had a thirteen thousand dollar trifecta. That's oh. probably one of the biggest ones I've ever h- had. I didn't nice. have it personally, but it was in our picks. It Was had, in your picks, yeah. Uh, you can't bet every race every day. <laughs> you have to. You know, there's 16 tracks with 10 races, 160 races. You definitely need to have a. You, you need to have arches bankroll to do that. Right, right. Well, well yeah, of course, of course. All right,
1: I guess that's that's it. I can't think of anything else. Your guaranteed chip sheet, Player's Edge,
2: AbsoluteGenerosity yeah, and, and the market, you know, it seems it's me on the upswing. So uh, manufacturing numbers were really strong, which um, they, the reading came in at fifty four. Which any reading above fifty is considered hmm. a bullish for the economy. The number actually grew from June, so that indicates that the manufacturing economy is not only um, in out of recession territory, but is actually accelerating. So I think you could see good things from the economy in the uh, third quarter. Man, let's hope so. Let's keep our fingers crossed there. All right, Rich, get out of here. That's it. See you tomorrow morning, my man.
0: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.